Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast and your week in IndyCar guest show. Who do we have as a guest? We have one of our favorites. We call him DJ Willie P. I'll call you some other things. Um, speaking of, usually when we pick up the phone, but we won't get into that. William Power. Talk about a pretty amazing start to the season for you. Huge, huge open in terms of a quality finish at Barber. Huge rally from what could have been not super pleasant at St. Pete. How are you feeling here a day or two after a hot and steamy St. Petersburg? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Very good start to season. Um, a solid race at St. Pete. Obviously, qualifying didn't go to plan, but um, we were able to recover reasonably well and get some good points. Um, and, uh, yeah, I feel like it'll be a season of kind of, you know, top five to top eight finishes is what you're going to have to get every race if you want to win a championship and obviously throw two or three wins in there. Ending uh, the first two rounds, holding second in the championship. And I, I would have to say that's probably something that makes you uh, a little bit happy. Let's get into all the great questions that came in about where you are on the championship, how things have gone. Some cool news here recently. Say a big thanks, as always, to Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers and TorontoMotorsports.com for supporting us. So that first question, Will, I don't know if you've heard. Apparently, you've got a job for a while longer, so that's good. Um, our pal Andrew Drybelbus is wondering, tell us about the future and knowing that wondering curiosity questions about contracts and whatever not even need to be discussed. You're in a place where you can go attack for a title this year, next year, and so on. Tell us about the the mental freedom side that Andrew's curious about of knowing future mapped out, go get it done. Uh, yes, exactly that. You know, I'm, uh, you feel oh, it's just something you're not thinking about or worrying about. Um, you're just getting on with the job. And um, obviously, I'm uh, tremendously grateful for my career um, with uh, with Penske. I've been very fortunate to drive for for those guys for more than more than a decade, and um, and and really happy to be continuing into the future. So, uh, yeah, just yeah, super stoked. It certainly is a relief, although I don't mind pressure myself. It's always a good challenge, but. Um, I just think it's good to know where you're going to be and the people you're going to be working with and, and continue and, and, you know, continue working with people that you've worked with for, you know, like my engineer for more than a decade, it's going to be like coming up on 15 years here soon. So amazing. Yeah. yeah, Just to, yeah. Enjoying it immensely. Good old Davey Faustino. You know, one of the things, Will, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording about the era you're in right now. What I, what I love for you is when came to the IndyCar series, went into this new era when the Delara DW12 came out in 2012. One of the comments you made to me back then, because for those who don't know, that original chassis and its original specification, uh, it wasn't something a lot of drivers are very happy about. 
Obviously, it's been vastly improved since. Chevy's making great power. Arrow's in a good place. A lot of things have come to the good. Back in 2012, you'd said to me early on, like, man, I am so bummed to think I'm probably going to spend the majority of my career in this car. And I know <laughs> that for, and for where you're at now, I know that you're loving for where you're at, loving the challenge of this car and the depth of uh, competition. You share a little bit of kind of compare and contrast, Will, because, you know, again, we were just talking offline. You're saying, look, 22 people could be on pole last weekend. We're at a place that we pretty much haven't seen. Yeah. Well, you know, what I'd say about that car, you know, transitioning from 2011 to 12 is, he went from a, a car that was built under competition, chassis competition, um, and and gearbox competition to to a, a spec car. So you know, the 2011 car was a much more nimble car with an engine that had a lot more torque. Um, probably not, probably less ultimate, you know, top end horsepower, but but a lot of torque because uh, it was a V8. Um, I can't remember how many liters it was. It might have been a three liter V8, but. Uh, um, to a car that had heavy ends, so pretty long nose on it, um, a very rearward weight distribution, but that rearward weight was coming primarily for what was hanging over the rear axle, which makes it more of like a pendulum. So it became a lot less nimble. So you couldn't adjust uh, the attitude of the car uh, during a corner. Um, it would take its set and that's it. Um, because you got heavy ends, any oversteer moment even understeer moment is a big one um and you can't that's just too slow so you had to set it up to understeer basically so it was a very different car and it what it did for me honestly was teach me how to be fast with understeer Mm. um it taught me a whole new style of driving which i really um ended up liking and, and using and just added to my toolbox so it wasn't uh yeah, it wasn't all bad. It, it, the car got a lot better, though. You know, they took the bumpers away. You know, they moved the attenuator in a bit. They um, actually, before the season, they even swept the rear wishbones rearward, which moves the um, distribution forward, weight distribution forward, and also, yeah, moves stuff more within the axle. Uh, so, which makes the car a little more nimble. But um, yeah, I think it's in a very good spot right now, honestly. Arrow and everything. And then you have all the crazy people you have to go out and try and beat. So, yeah, I would say it's a pretty awesome thing knowing that, again, we'll see when the next chassis comes along. But uh, you could have ended up spending the majority of your career in it just as you predicted. Why don't we, uh, where are we going to go next for questions? Why don't we go to our pal Jim Johnstone? Says, Will, great start to the season. Nice recovery drive on Sunday. Says, my question is from my son, Jacob who is nine and is in his third karting season says you are his favorite race car driver with Lewis Hamilton, a close second says he even wanted all his race gear this season to be black and red. Like yours Says Jacob would like to know what made you want to be a race car driver. And what is your favorite car that you've ever raced? Pretty cool, man. You got nine year olds looking up to you. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. And, you know, I have my own brand of go-kart, uh, the WPK. So I do deal with plenty of kids in parts and love to see it and follow them closely. So glad to hear that his, uh, his boys doing well. And, um, yeah, I mean, 
what got me into racing was my father. He raced, uh, he was racing in Formula cars. He had a Formula Two car, and uh, you know, I spent a lot of time down the garage watching him prepare it. He did all the, he did everything on it. He built the engines, uh, you know, all the prep for a race car and towed it to the track and ran it himself. So. Uh, just was obsessed with racing open wheel cars from as early as I can remember. And that's what got me started in racing. My dad obviously had raced cars before that as well. And got, uh, you know, got three brothers and three of us all got into go-karting and, um, and, and yeah, it just went from there. But, uh, um, my favorite car I ever raced was the, um, the DPO, DPO one. Yeah. The the O seven champ car. That was a really, really cool car. That was hooked up. Um, big horsepower, a lot of downforce, very nimble. Um, yeah, fantastic car. That was I was very, very disappointed when the series merged and they went with the Delara and not the um I don't know who built that. That was uh, Panos, Panos, Don Panos, yeah. Panos, yeah. Elon Technologies. Yeah, because it was such a nice car and it looked so cool. Um, yeah, that was, a, that was a beast. That was a fast machine. Seven-speed gearbox, too. We haven't even got back to seven-speed gearboxes yet. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, everything's been stagnant as far as performance since, really, since that sort of 98-era car, like, nothing's changed dramatically as far as the pace of the cars because at some point they just get they're too fast right like you know we could we could continue to develop horsepower and all that but it just gets it get it goes too far and actually the racing suffers because of it that's what i've come to realize like you know we wanted 900 horsepower engines but it actually i'm not sure that would actually make the racing better interesting i mean i must say i keep waiting to see photos of a dpo one in your garage you I mean you kind of got to make that happen right yeah uh yeah calcoven sold the very last champ car winning uh champ the winning car from champ car the last race at long beach which i won he had that sitting there with all the champagne and everything on it and the rubber from donuts um in original state but he sold it which was disappointing to me. Well, go <laughs> buy it. Go thing. buy it from whom, from whomever trade them a lot of carts, a lot of willpower. I actually tested that car. I think Sebastian went and drove that down at Nola. Wow. I think he told me it's like, yeah, I got to drive the DVO one again. And it was like, wow. After driving the Indy car, <laughs> it was awesome. Eh. Why don't we stick on the theme of carting talent and whatnot? Dan Gallagher says, hey, Will, what did you think of Mile Rose debut weekend at Barber? He says, uh, and do you see yeah. being a karting dad for your son, Bo, as a future profession? I, I texted with Miles a little bit, and uh, yeah, it seemed like it was an educational weekend. Definitely showed some flashes <laughs> there, but tell us about oh. uh, a guy you're. I know you're rooting for. Yeah, no, he's, um, look, I, I thought he did a great job he learned in the first race, like, um, he, he came on the radio after the first of a couple laps and he said, and says, all right, time to go get him. And the next minute he's in the fence or <laughs> oh, no, he's crashing. We're like, no. oh, oh. so then the next race that, you know, I, I said, just get that experience. You know, I sent him a text at St. Pete. I said, 
championship next year, experience this year. Um, and uh, he finished sixth or uh, at Barber. It was the sixth or fifth. He got, yeah, he got to the back of that train and was yeah. really quick. And um, I saw him have a good seventh at uh, St. Pete. But then the second race, I feel he had a chance to challenge for the win. Like he started, I think, yeah, I want to say he started, oh, did he start P P seven? And he got all the way up. He was, he was passing for third place. And, you know, just a bit of an inexperience on his behalf. He kind of tried to go around the outside of one and then half committed in two and knocked his wing off and then ended up uh, getting in in an incident. But he's going to be – I was actually – although he crashed, I was really happy to see, like, yep, he's what I thought he was. He's He's got the speed. He's he's just – you know, he just has simply hasn't done enough car races. Um, but – the guy's good. Um, I was really encouraged to see that he was already challenging for a podium position, if not a win on the weekend. So, And that, he'd never been there, um, and they get 30 minutes of practice and qualifying. So he's he's good. He's good. Like I, I, He has a chance to win a race this year or two and, and certainly win the championship next year. Love the fact that, uh, indeed, he is so raw. I mean, just the sheer lack yeah. of mileage. He's at the right place. He's at the first step of the road to Indy Ladder. But despite all the uh, obvious talent to develop, as you pointed out, he's still yeah. ha- he's in the developmental phase, not the going out and kicking butt and taking na- uh, names yeah. phase quite yet. Yeah, he's a smart kid too. Like I shouldn't call him a kid. I mean, he's, he's twenty years old, but he's he's very smart. In, in and methodical about the way you know the way he goes about it um yeah and joy i'm going to enjoy watching him and um and progress through all this so yeah yeah no it's good i like I'm, i've come to really enjoy helping kids with good talent try to get there well he's got a, a good big brother here uncle will's gonna uh, uh i'm sure keep adding all you can why don't we go to uh pal vincent anderson Asked Will, would you rate your performance at St. Pete 2021 equal to maybe some of your top performances or maybe even wins there? Talking about that comeback drive. Uh, yeah, I would, uh, actually. It was a, when I look at it, it was just a very good, solid performance all around, um, you know, from myself and the team. Obviously, we didn't catch any of those good yellows, which could have got us probably a top five, but I was, yeah really satisfied with the race which you know normally you're really disappointed when you you finish eighth but i'm kind of just judging my my performances on my personal performance not based on where i finished actually um but if your personal performance is good generally you're going to be finishing well or you do everything you can and yeah it's good totally shut all the competition out of my head and don't think about anything else but doing the best job possible um yeah in a very good mental state mental place this year honestly really am i absolutely love it why don't we go to our pal indy merrick says william proved a race best 12 positions at st pete says with such a physical hot day and your great run do you talk to yourself much inside the helmet either out loud or you know subconsciously he says from green to checkered what is your self-talk like on a day such as Sunday. Yeah, you just, yeah, you know it's going to be painful, but 
you can't somewhat embrace pain as in, yep, like that's that's my job. And if I'm in pain, I know some, uh, you know, other people have uh, experienced it potentially more than I am. So um, I enjoy it. I enjoy the challenge. Um, and uh, yeah, I would say that was a very tough race. Like I reckon there'd be some guys in there that would have gone, man, this is extremely difficult i actually saw roman grosjean tweet that's physically the toughest thing i've ever done in my life and um you know it, it's it's true indycar is the most physical form of motorsport there is uh, apart let's say probably supercross is the only other one that you'd, you'd think that would be uh tougher but yeah it's the link to the race and the physicality of it man and in that heat it was absolutely brutal Andrew Miller is wondering, and I didn't actually catch this. He says it was awesome that uh, NBC and Peacock caught your post-qualifying F-bomb marathon. Uh, I didn't hear that no. part, but uh, did uh, that uh, inner voice Andy might have been asking about, did uh, that come out a little bit after P20 and qualifying there? <laughs> oh, I didn't realize uh, they, they had that. But, yeah, I was obviously just massively disappointed in myself and what had happened. So I was telling my engineer <laughs> how upset I was, <laughs> how unfair it was that I didn't get it done, <laughs> but I got it. It was me, man. It's all on me. All on me. Just I didn't know they, they actually caught all that. It's not good. Well, but come on, dude, after winning the Indy 500 in 2018, your, you know, radio comms, we got to expect that they're always on. So, you know, uh, granted, it's the best. I'm not saying to change, just, you know, yeah. you got to know folks are, are loving to listen in to uh, to what you're bringing here. Well, I saw the camera there, but like, well, the microphone's not there, so I think we're good. Well, they could have picked <clears throat> yeah. up radio, but regardless, how fun. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Where else should we go? Uh, JJ Gertler asked, what has Scott McLaughlin brought to the team? And uh, how has spreading Penske's efforts across an extra car affected the uh, Verizon 5G number 12 Chevy? I think he's trying to say, get rid of McLaughlin, you go even better. Is that what he's saying? No, we love ourselves. So, yeah. uh, Scott, here. <laughs> That's what I'd say to Scott. We're always taking a dig at each other for fun because we actually share a similar sense of humor because we come from a similar place in the world. But, uh, um, yeah, no, uh, he's... He's quick. He's very, very good. And obviously, you know, he's raced at a top level before and, and won championships. So he's just going to be another guy added to the mix of making this series so damn tough. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean, he's got still, still learning, still learning. He is, he's, uh, you know, getting used to the red and black tire situation and, and, you know, how difficult the cars are on, on, on restarts with all the pickup and such, uh, which he's just going to get better and better at, but his ultimate speed is there. <clears throat> why don't we stick with, uh, why don't we stay in it down under for a moment? Don Gregory asks, Will, which Aussie rock band was better in excess or midnight oil? And knowing you, you'd say neither because you love a lot of other bands. But if you, between those yeah. two, at least, which one was better? Probably in excess. Yeah. In excess. I think that's an easy call. Any, yeah. uh, any newish music from down under you've been listening to? I've been listening to, um, 
uh, Grinspoon. You should listen to Grinspoon. I love it. Like, I just realized how dope those guys are. He's got awesome drummer and, um, yeah, great lead singer. Have, if you get a chance, listen to Grinspoon. I absolutely band, will. Man. Good rock band. Folks might not know you've been a source of, of good uh, Aussie music. Uh, insight for uh, quite a while so i do my best to take advice whenever you offer it here why don't we uh why don't we move a little bit to what's coming this weekend eric franklin says let's face it texas is probably going to be a parade should indycar bite the bullet and get a new front wing on the chassis um yes they should you would they be should get a new, they should get a new front wing i believe that you're one of many who have offered such an opinion Let's talk about Texas, though, Will. This is the one race on the IndyCar calendar each year where I cross toes, fingers, and anything else I cross that uh, we leave there and everyone's okay. There's some pretty big crashes we've seen. What do you think of when you say, okay, we're going to race twice at Texas? Speeds are pretty serious. Not exactly sure what we're going to find in terms of is it still a one-lane groove? Are we going to be yeah. able to venture up a little bit more? What comes to mind, knowing it means a lot, two races, a lot of points to get, but uh, there's also a little bit of self-preservation you have to keep. That There is. Um, yep. I, I think that, man, if I have a good car, I have a chance to win two races or get some big points. Um, but if you're in the pack, it's... Uh, not. Uh, it is what it, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, I think they got the downforce level about right. Um, I keep pushing him to let's just have a, let's just have 15 minutes of running the second lane. I mean, just say, okay, before the end, before the final practice, 15 minutes will segue into final practice. And the fin in that 15 minutes, maybe Firestone or 20 minutes, Firestone gives everyone a set of tires and they run only the second lane. And then you go into practice and everyone's been up there. They know how it feels. It's rubbed in a bit. That's I, why not try it? Because then you fixed all your problems. Like the racing will be great. <clears throat> the racing will be great. Um, so, yeah, I've been trying to get them to do that. Like I've, you know, I mentioned it to, uh, you know, the, the composite IndyCar and, yeah, you know, I don't know if it's an engine manufacturer thing because it's more mileage or it's, you know, a tire thing for Firestone or, um, you know, or it's difficult to get that done. But it's – that's simple. People don't go up there. People don't even try it. At least if you spent 20 minutes up there, you're like, well, I know exactly how it feels. And it's actually not as bad as I thought. It's the same – same as it is in the second, in the first lane. It's just it hasn't got the rubber yet, but the rubber was coming. So I bet you you get wide open almost all the way around within 20 minutes um, on the second lane. I bet you. Like, why wouldn't you? Because you do it on the bottom, uh, and it, you're not wide open at first, but then the rubber comes in, and within you know 20 minutes you're wide open. So the second lane's even easier. It's a, it's less of a, it's like a more open uh, arc. <clears throat> have uh yeah i love it be very simple we should do that we really should because it would make it such a great race <clears throat> it might go there who knows maybe someone will go up there hope springs that, eternal that, yeah that they listen yeah that'd be uh that'd be awesome uh it's not like you 
are saying this for the first time here either, but uh, yeah, let's see. Where else should we go? Grab a couple more here and then we'll say farewell. Uh, Duncan Idaho 11 says, Will, is there any context to your setting everything on fire video from February? <laughs> no, nah, it's just me being bored. Just me being bored and a bit artistic about it. Just real close up to burning something and then just like, you know, a nice you know, uh, open it up to a house burning down. <laughs> You're insane. You just, but just don't w- change. Don't ever change. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's an in, ex- in excess song. Don't ever change, isn't it? I think, yeah. Yeah. Sing it for us, Will. Yeah, don't change for me. That's right. Something, something. Something, yeah. something. See, suck at Midnight Oil. We don't sing your songs. Uh, Mike Caruso, great question, says, Will, you're on a cross-country trip with your fellow Team Penske IndyCar drivers. Who would be the first one abandoned at a fuel stop at the first opportunity, and why did they get ditched? Right? Not saying you don't love your, your teammates, but in any group, there's always the one person you're like, long trip, man, if we could get rid of you, it'd be so much better. Is there one of you guys that would be most annoying you'd want to get rid of, or would they be trying to get rid of you? They'd probably get rid of me. No, (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, no, not really. Like I get along with all those guys. Like, you know, I really enjoy my, I've really enjoyed my time with Joseph. Whenever we've been doing stuff, I've, you know, always enjoyed my time with Simon. We had a cool trip. We had to go do a sponsor thing in Vegas. We always have fun. Um, and McLaughlin, I enjoy winding McLaughlin up because he's young and, and you know, I like when young guys try to make out they're not, they're just there to learn. But in their own mind, they're there to, like, absolutely 100% all they care about is beating you. <laughs> That's all they care about. So I make it real obvious that, I know that's the truth. Usually it's an, you know, if you're the same age as someone, it's, it's like something that's not said. You wouldn't say that. Just say, yeah, totally do. That's why, you know, why we're having these awkward silences is because we both want to beat each other so badly. But now I'm much older and I've been there so long. I just say it. I said, dude, you're not trying to learn off me. You're trying to, you, you, yeah, you're trying to learn off me, but you're absolutely trying to beat me every chance you can get. Like, there's no question. <laughs> <laughs> i love saying that stuff oh mclaughlin you're done buddy you, you you've been found out you can't can't sneak that one past oh, i love oh, it you can't sneak it. we know <laughs> it's so funny it's like oh yeah yeah good teammates they love to work together and you see all these teams but you know that all of them they just cannot stand getting beaten by their teammate they cannot stand it. you know it if they could stand it they wouldn't be any good <laughs> oh, that is so awesome. He's done. It's just, you know, Dixon getting beaten by Palou. He would have absolutely hated that at Barber. You know, I would have hated it. Get out qualified by him and get beaten by him. Heard of beating Rossi and those guys. I mean, they, you just, you don't like, that's teammates, man. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by the company line where teammates we work together <laughs> oh, that's we best. do work together of course i have to say we do we certainly do get the car better together but when it's on the track and you do race your teammate you know you know in your mind you can't do that but that's the you know that throughout every series in the world there's one thing you must do <laughs> as a driver <laughs> one thing you're judged on and that's 
where do you stack up within your team? That's the best. That is just the best. Uh, let's see. Shauna Oakwood, she sends in something. Says, Will, the drumming, the intensive reading, unabashed profanity, what's not to love? But she says, how do you feel about Colton Herta picking up the word wanker? Says, Keep being you. Oh, and I got to admit, it? you know, it Why sure sounds like, it? well, he's, he uses it, you know, often when it fits. But I oh, think her awesome. greater point is, like, you look at, Colton's interests and even now the use of one of your favorite words and it seems like he's working from the willpower playbook a little bit yeah yeah no he's he's good man he's uh oh yeah I like Colton um quiet dude but obviously very intense and uh yep big threat man big threat dude's next level exceptional so we'll see see how this. I can, you know it over the years. This guy's going to be a champion and um, and uh, certainly win a lot of races. Just yeah, he's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Like his dad said, he's pretty laid back and cool about it all. So yeah, let's close on my favorite question, and uh, we're just going to keep adding to the list. So you might have seen on social media however long ago connor daly mentioned that he really wanted to try and get up an american bison to ride uh up onto the indy 500 driver intro stage and yeah, bison yeah and apparently uh dale earnhardt jr was like trust me you don't want to ride a bison so he's kind of abandoned that plan but since okay. he posted that uh pretty much every indycar driver guest episode we have folks asking the same question of each new driver on the show. So you're here. Um, when I had New Garden on a couple weeks ago and posed this to him, he gave his answer, which animal he would want to write up. I said, well, what do you think about power? What, how should he do it? What should he choose? And he said uh, he thought you should come into the Indy 500 driver intros in a kangaroo pouch. So. Yeah. <laughs> So our pal Lance Snyder wants to know if you'd go along with this, but secondarily, if you had to pick your own animal and it doesn't, yeah, it could be water, it could be air-based, it whatever it is, what animal would Will Power use to bring with him for the Ne 500 driver intro? Mm, yeah, I mean, the first thing that came to mind was a kangaroo just because of its shape. I think riding a camel up onto the stage would be... A camel? Different. It'd just be different just riding a camel. I mean, it have would. A lot of camel. Well, there's a lot of camels in the middle of Australia. I was like, well, why not? Why not a camel? I'm, I mean, Jimmy Johnson a couple days ago said he'd ride a donkey. So you know, um, I guess there's camel. nothing wrong with a camel. Um, yeah. That's that's interesting. Or an, or an emu. An emu, you can ride them. You can ride them. They're fast. <laughs> They're fast, man. You gotta hold on to their necks pretty good. But you can't choke them out either. So it's just a perfect balance. <clears throat> How do yeah, you know these emus. things? How do you know these things, Will Power? Well, look at uh, you can ride emus. You can. There's actually competitions. <laughs> nuts. Man, nuts. It'd be actually pretty fun, honestly. Yeah, you can get up on those birds. Uh yeah. Never change, Will Power. We love you exactly as you are. Um, 
I don't even know how to. I don't, you got me dumbfounded here. I don't even know how to respond. Um, thank you as always, brother, for taking the time to do this silly little show. I hope you enjoy it. You know, every time you're on, folks send in uh, fun stuff, loving stuff, and crazy stuff, and uh, you never blink. So it's always a great, great little visit. No, so yeah, no, man. I always enjoy coming on. Uh, it's not your conventional interview, which is exactly what I uh, enjoy. I don't like the standard, like, you know, questions. If you could be a tree, what kind of tree would you be, Will?